Virtue will forgive. Proclaim your guilt. Hug your sin. Mercy is a dream. I'm getting pretty good at these haikus. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. back for another episode. I hope you guys really liked the last episode. I'm going to have Dave on, um, and we're trying to get him on more consistently. He's kind of like me, so he doesn't have much of a life. So this is kind of fun. It kills two hours. Uh, I have to get used to the videos and st- uh, the actual audio editing and things like that, but I'll get there. Uh, it's the first time I actually had someone on to interview. So I have been... <laughs> The institutions, specifically our corporations and our education system and a lot of the other institutions, are really making an effort to um, push their virtue signaling. And I think it's kind of disgusting. My email is just filled with virtue signaling messages. And it really is kind of disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So, and it's, first off, if you're going to do this, at least spell things correctly. I don't know why they, these guys send out letters and they spell things correctly. So let me give you three examples. Let me give you three examples. This one came from Uber. Okay. And I like Uber. I think Uber's a great, a great deal. And I don't know why they're taking a leftist approach because it's the leftists that are trying to destroy the company, but they are. So uh, just just a little quote here. I wish that the quote, I wish that the lives of George Floyd, Armand Arbery, Brenna Taylor. I have to read about that one. I don't know what happened to Brenna Taylor and countless others weren't so violently cut short. Actually, it's not really countless others. In 2019, there were nine. Uh, In 2018, there were 18 that were actually killed what seems like senselessly. So let's just call that right now. Uh, Continue. I wish that institutional racism and and the police violence it gives rise to didn't cause their deaths. I wish that all members of our black community felt safe enough to move around their cities without fear. I wish that I didn't have to try and find the words to explain all this to my two young sons. But I've been given hope this week by hundreds of thousands of peaceful protesters demanding change. I am committed to being a part of that change. As a company, we believe that everyone has the right to move freely, no matter where they live or color of their skin. We're proud of how Uber has helped improve transportation equality equity over the last decade. But the reality remains that black Americans often don't feel safe to move freely in many places around our country, and they still face enormous barriers that others do not. This this is a reality we should not perpetuate or accept. We must do better. There's so many things wrong here with this whole thing. First off, um, again, the fact that you can name three people, George Floyd, Armand Arbery, Brenna Taylor, shows that this is not that common. If it were really common, you wouldn't be able to name them all, right? This would not even be a thing, but he can't. And he named, uh, you know, and Armand Arbery, which by the way, had nothing to do with police violence. And it, it does look now as if racism had something to do with it. This is still not the same thing. Um, the black community 
does feel safe, they can move wherever they want. Who said they couldn't? As a matter of fact, it's against the law. It's against the law to beat a black person. It's against the law to beat a white person. As a matter of fact, if you beat a black person and you beat them because you're black, you get an additional 20 years thrown onto your sentence. This is stupid. The whole talk about institutional racism is something that drives me crazy. Here's the question. Whenever someone says there's institutional racism, the one question I want you to ask that individual is what institution is racist? There are only like seven or seven to nine of them. What policy is racist? You can't say, well, the police force is racist. That is kind of an institution, but the reality is if a cop kills a black man, that person that, that, person that killed the black man, it's unjustifiable, ends up in jail. And you can't point to Rodney King. You can't point to a lot of the people who were killed because uh, they were found to be justified. It's cops enforcing laws. Now, in some cases, the laws are crappy laws. The The gentleman who, was, who had the heart attack uh, when he was selling Lucy cigarettes in New York, it's a stupid law. Well, the police did their jobs. They're supposed to arrest the guy. So I, I, it's just the whole institution racism. Someone's going to have to explain to me what is racist, what institutions are racist, or what um, policies, political policies or politicians are racist. And you can't say Trump because Trump's only been around for three years and they've been saying this has been happening for decades. So Trump is going to be president for uh, another couple of months or another four years, and then he's going to be gone. But we've had this problem for decades. And in those decades, we've had a black president who has been president for eight years. So you're going to have to stop with that. Here's another one. And I, I love this one. This is from a school board in Southern California. I won't name which one. I, I, I won't say where I got it, but listen to this. And again, this is just an excerpt from a, a much larger uh, letter. Quote, like many of you, we are overcome with anger, sadness, and grief as we grapple with the injustices of inequality and racism in all, our, all of its forms. All public institutions, including school districts, are responsible for dismantling the barriers, barriers of systemic racism in order for our community and nation to heal these deep wounds. That is why our district's non-discrimination statement clearly states that we will not permit any discrimination, harassment, intimidation, and bullying in educational programs, activities, or employment on the basis of actual or perceived ancestry, age, color, disability, gender, gender identity, gender expression, nationality, race, or ethnicity, immigration status, religious beliefs, or customs, sexual orientation, parental, pregnancy, family or marital status, status, military status, or association with a person or a group with one or more of these actual perceived characteristics. My God. We've all seen the images of protests and unrest, both peaceful and not, across our country in the wake of the terrible killing of yet another black American. There is very real pain and anguish in our nation that is being felt here in Oceanside, as well as the hearts of your district leaders, teachers, and staff who are dedicated to creating learning environments where all students are safe. Here's the thing. Do you know where the, where the students aren't safe? From the other students. The reality is the students are safe except from the other students. And I find it amazing. And by the way, everything that they just mentioned, it's already law. 
They're not actually saying these are our policies. That is law. If I, if I fire somebody because he's gay, I've just broken the law. If I fire someone because he's he's divorced, I've broken the law. If I fire someone because they're pregnant, I've broken the law. If I fire someone because they're Muslim or Christian or Jew, I've broken the law. These are laws. They're already there. And there is no systemic racism. Again, if there is racism in the system, point to the specific area where the racism is, and then we can define, decide a policy, define a policy that goes against that. I have no problem with that. I think it's a great idea. But I thought we've already done that. We've spent the last hundred and some odd years doing that. But I guess not. Okay, here's one more. And this one was, was so funny. This one came... This one came with a big uh, sign that says, still, ellipses, Black Lives Matter. This was from my running store. So it was kind of weird. Uh, I buy my shoes. I used to buy the, my shoes from this place. They're up in Portland, Oregon, which I'm not surprised because Portland, Oregon is actually a mess with Antifa. And we'll talk about why I think they actually released this stuff in a few seconds. I quote, I think the last thing many of you want to read or hear is another platitude regarding social justice and facing ingrained prejudice and racism in our country. He's right, but he decides to go ahead and do it anyway. Continuing, in some weird way, the outpouring of support and words can seem placating and insincere when all coupled together in your inbox and Facebook page. However, it is my hope that you recognize that an important step towards adjudication and remediation is to hear from both citizens and businesses of all sizes, backgrounds, and experiences, and in particular, the experience of a business that took a shot to the shin dur chin during the protest. As some of you may know, our downtown store was broken into, looted, and damaged on three straight nights. Our experience is by no means isolated, but it is it has at times become contentious, sub, uh, contentious subject on where concern and focus should be. It is my aim here to make it very clear where foot traffic flat foot traffic stands. That's the shoe store. Black Lives Matter. No matter what happened to our downtown store, no matter how personal and damaging the looting and destruction is to our store and our community, nothing should distract us from the our focus should be on. We need to reform, we need to change, and we need it now. We can't wait. Vote, donate, get involved, speak out, end quote. I won't be buying shoes from that company store anymore. Now, all three of these, they actually have meaning. They're virtue signaling. And if you look at your inbox, yes, it is absolutely true. It's filled with letters like this, emails like this. And I don't see it ending anytime soon. Uh, we can look at a couple of other things. You've got Legos that ha is now removing Legos police characters from all advertising because they don't want to upset the uh, people who are watching Legos. They, Legos wants to be politically correct. This is all this is about is being woke. That's all it's about. It's all virtue signaling. It's all disgusting. Foot traffic was basically doing this to say, hey, guys, stop robbing our stores. We're on your side. But it never works out that way. It doesn't matter if they're on your side. They don't care. 
they will still go after you. That's the problem. Well, you want to know what the awesomeness of uh, capitalism is? I hear this virtue signaling. It annoys me. I don't buy their crap. It's that simple. I don't pay for it or I just ignore it. It's up to me. This stuff still is dangerous. It is normalizing hate of our country. It is changing our history so that, his, you know, we're, we've been terrible since 1619. You hear these commentators say, well, it's been 400 years of violence against black. No, it hasn't. Not even close. Has it been 400 years? This is just an outright lie. This is a, this is a, a George Zinn or Harold Zinn, Howard Zinn, excuse me, Howard Zinn writing of history, changing history to make the United States look like a terrible place. And it also allows for the elimination of debate. I don't see these companies being brave for 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 sitting back and, and basically chewing out the country as being racist. I see it as cowardly. I see it as afraid to face the mob and say, guys, I don't agree with you. Afraid of confronting a bad philosophy. It's much easier to submit. Here's the problem. These people are justifying violence against those who don't believe against the philosophies of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. These people are not, they don't care about, about any of this. And it's just going to grow and it's going to grow and it's going to grow. This is where the danger comes in. Uh, a German Lutheran pastor named Martin Neimuller said it best in 1946. And the quote may sound familiar to you. Quote, they came first for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me. By that time, no one was left to speak up. End quote. Why is this an important lesson? This is a life lesson, and you've probably heard that quote before. Because it's you need we need to stand up and just say no to this stuff. Even though this does not affect me directly, it may not affect me directly, by the time this stuff becomes systemic, these crazy opinions be, can become systemic. We've seen it. We've seen it with uh, the red the red terror with with uh, Lenin, where the Soviet Union overrode the czars. We saw it in China with Mao. We saw it in Germany with the Nazis. We saw it in North Korea with the communists. We saw it in Venezuela with Chavez and the socialists. The problem is these ideas for someone like me, you. They may sound so extreme, so crazy that yet, no, this is why these people that are sitting back, if they believe in this, that's just weird. Because most of these people, these are all white people that are doing this. Hey, we, none of us are happy about George uh, Floyd dying. We, all of us think that this was tragedy. All of us. I can't think, I, I think of, I've heard one or two people that have said, well, Floyd was resisting. Yeah, he was resisting, but they could have done 50 other things to avoid killing him. 
No one believes that was a good kill. But that is not evidence of the systemic or institutional racism that everyone keeps talking about. And the problem is, this is becoming scary. And this is not a conspiracy theory. We are watching what happened in Nazi Germany. We are watching it happen before our eyes. We are watching what happened in the Soviet Union, then Russia, right before our eyes. It is happening. And the left is trying to shut us up, trying to keep opinions that don't agree with theirs. They're trying to keep them down. And we've got some stories that are coming. The politicians are really not helping the situation. Leftist politicians are also sharing the belief that these rioters are not actually violent. Because I guess shooting cops and burning buildings and lighting police cars on fire is not really violent. These politicians, like Garcetti, de Blasio, um, the, the mayor from... Uh, uh, the mayor from New Jersey, Lightfoot from Chicago. These people actually believe this violence is justified. And a lot of them don't even believe it's violence. They believe that, hey, and I, I didn't actually pick any audio. I could have picked two pieces of audio that I know of right off the top of my head for this, but I didn't do it. Um, they just think that this is normal behavior. It's okay. These people have insurance. Violence against things is not violence. It's only violence against people. Talk about a sick way to justify violence. This has led leftist mayors and governors to pull back the police. The police, even from police stations, which, is, which have caused police stations to actually be burned down. Because the police have left them. They've retreated. Let's look at... Look at the, the third precinct in Minneapolis, where um, Derek uh, Savin was actually, Chauvin was actually located. They burned it down because the police left. They're not letting, they're not bringing in the National Guard, even though billions of dollars are going to end up being lost over this whole thing. Hundreds of businesses are going to have to close because the owners, who are not corporations, cannot afford to keep them open. Thousands of jobs are going to be lost because these businesses are no longer in those neighborhoods. People are not going to be able to get what they need in their neighborhoods because their places are shut down. And why do these people do that? Well, they don't want to set off the rioters. Like, uh, the rioters needed anything to set them off. It doesn't even make sense. But the worst example of bowing down to these criminals is Gil Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. The first thing, thing he did was, during a protest that was outside his house, he walked out, got on his knees, per their demand, and started chanting his fealty to Black Lives Matter. It was disgusting. It was really disgusting. This is not leadership. That's like me being afraid that I'm going to be killed while I'm under, uh, while I'm under, um, uh, I'm under uh, examination and sitting back and just saying everything they want to hear so that I can, or throwing everybody under the bus so that I can uh, get off without being killed or whatever. It's disgusting, but he's getting worse. On Thursday, he decided that he was going to cut 
the LAPT, B, LAPD budget by between 100 and $150 million next year. Again, this is one of Black Lives Matter's big thing, is to defund police force. Now, that's going to be awesome in a city that has high crime, has high drug problems, and has a huge homeless crisis. This is going to work great in Los Angeles. Can't wait to see how that's going to happen. When you're being robbed or you're being mugged, you've got to wait two hours before someone gets out there. And I don't know who said it. I I think it was Ben Shapiro or it was somebody else. But these cops, they do more than just arrest bad people. They help situations. They're there when there's a medical emergency. They break up domestic violence. I've seen cops that go in there just to make sure. They don't want to arrest anyone. They just want to go and make sure people aren't beating the crowd, killing each other. You know what's going to end up happening when this happens? You're going to see a lot of guns being bought. The Second Amendment is going to be pushed. And you're already seeing it. 80% rise in gun purchases. 80% rise. And I already told you, my girlfriend, she wants to get a gun now. Because she doesn't know what's going on. She sees the rioters. She knows she can't count on the police. You couldn't count on the police when there was police. Now they're talking about defunding the police. They're going to be fewer. You feel safe when someone's robbing? I don't think so. So this is a really, really, really bad thing. And all this to appease some fringe group... This is the problem. Nazis were a fringe group at one time. Hitler spent time in prison. When the fringe group does not become so fringe, that's where you have totalitarianism and tyranny. Especially with the ideas that this group believes all white people are evil. I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time that stealing for a black guy is not going to be seen as much as a crime as stealing for a stealing by a white guy. That's coming, folks. That's not a conspiracy theory. And by us sitting back and bowing to Black Lives Matter, we're just, you know, we're just believing it. Now, one of the first ways that Black Lives Matter goes about trying to switch the way people think and implement their practices, and we know they're doing that now, is by shaming white people. BLM has been doing this by asking white people to get on their knees and apologize for what has happened in the past and make them promise to teach other racists, and by racists we mean people who don't share their views, about the evils of their ways. Here's an example. This, I believe, was in Minneapolis, and it's just really, yeah, listen to this. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. Now, I, I'm a Catholic. I go to church. And we do pretty much the same thing there. 
It's really weird. We get on our knees too when we pray. Sound familiar? Well, this crap has been perpetuated by every liberal out there. BLM has gotten people to bend the knee, including the police, the National Guard, Gil Garcetti, Justin Trudeau. I believe uh, Bill de Blasio did it. It's strange. Now, you could say, all right, well, the police and the National Guard are doing it to kind of appease the people. That's fine. But here's the thing. There's a couple, few things with this. It's really stupid. It's really dangerous. And it's just weird. It's stupid because none of these people have anything to do with slavery or Jim Crow. None of these people who are bending the knee had anything to do with the death of George Floyd. None of these people supposedly are racist. So here's the question. And I think most white people believe this, that, you know, racism is bad. I believe racism is bad. I think this is a weird tactic. I think I don't believe in Black Lives Matter. I think Black Lives Matter is full of crap. But the question is, what are these people apologizing for? It's just stupid. They didn't do anything to have to apologize. I'd never apologize. Uh, it's dangerous because when a group of people admits to victimizing another group, punishment of that group of people is justified. That punishment could be done through looting, violence, or even killing and murder. If that belief sinks into the system, like the police, National Guard, and the politicians, as we've been seeing it has been, then you see that punishments like this can become systemic. And then we've got a problem. Finally, it's just weird. It's a religious practice. It, it, it's, it's Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire both talked about it on their podcast today. The left is atheist in nature, but human beings are religious in nature. The um, left hates God and they hate religion. But they do need, but they do need some type of religion because they need some sort of system of belief. What has the religion of the left become? Environmentalism and racism. That's what it's become. Environmentalists are passionate beyond all belief. So are uh, those that scream about racism. This crap of bending the knee and swearing fealty is the left's religious ceremony. And it looks obviously like a religious ceremony listening to uh, listening to this these chants these people are actually doing. It's really bizarre. But this is not the only example of the left's twisted philosophy. This video, also extremely strange, shows three young women out there cleaning up graffiti on the walls of a federal building. And these girls, girls, they're girls. They decide, okay, we're going to, um, we're going to clean up the walls. And then they are assaulted verbally by some elitist white chick in an SUV because they're cleaning out the Black Lives Matter graffiti.
Listen to this. Why are you guys removing Black Lives Matters graffiti? But why do you want that to come off? But so you don't care about black lives not then? At all. That's, not at all. That's what this... Not enough to leave up a message. Right. Not, not a great way to use your white privilege, ladies. Not a great... That's disgusting. The only word that comes to my mind is the C word, and I can't use that. Uh, not a great way to use your white privilege, ladies. It's so disgusting. They're cleaning up graffiti. It's not a message. It's graffiti. And because they are cleaning up a mess, instead of letting society do it, that does not mean they hate black people. Do you see this level of I mean, this is just, this is insanity. Yeah, white privilege. If she would have said that to me, it's like, bitch, get out of your car and come on over and have a conversation with me. This is crap. This isn't a message. This is graffiti. This is trash. I don't want my city to look like freaking Poland or Russia or anything like that. You want to leave trash? You just get back in your freaking Get back in your SUV that's probably getting four miles to the gallon and pumping all sorts of crap into the air and throw your throw your McDonald's cheeseburger wrappers out the window like you know she does and get the F out of here. That's me. I, I listened to this video. I wasn't even going to post this. It was for me. It was infuriating. It was absolutely infuriating because this middle aged broad who just obviously is just so woke that she knows how to use that. Not a way to use your white privilege because your white privilege would be to be riding in an SUV on the way to your four-bedroom house, uh, feed your golden doodle, and uh, order pizza from Domino's for whatever, uh, whatever elitist white people get their pizza from. And uh, complain about Black Lives Mattering. It's, it's just so stupid. And those girls, heroes. Heroes. Those girls are heroes. I would never do it. I'm not an elitist. But I feel like an elitist when I sit back. I see what those girls are doing by themselves in the middle of the morning. On a middle of the day. They probably are stuck inside. School's out. So they just said, you know, let's go clean a federal building. And you see the girl said, well, yeah, we tried to get the one on the side. Because they had no idea that this bride was going ape crap crazy. They had no idea. Well, we tried to get the one on the side. We couldn't get it, so we started working on this one. I mean, those girls are heroes. But, you know, hey, cancel culture and silencing opposite opinions. Sometimes it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it still happens. Drew Brees decided to make a comment. He was asked about kneeling for the flag, and he made probably one of the most uncontroversial statements in American history, and yet the reaction was just disgusting. And I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm losing. 
I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Just listen to what Drew Brees said. Because, and then you tell me, is this really something bizarre people should be flipping out about? I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let, me, let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. Now, if you listen to, I, I should have mentioned this before I played the clip, but listen to his tone too. And if you want to rewind this 30 seconds and, and listen to his tone, it's nothing really bizarre or anything like this. He didn't agree with, he didn't ever mention Colin Kaepernick. He just didn't agree with kneeling to the kneeling on the flag. Now, let's make something very clear here. Colin Kaepernick did not kneel during the Star Spangled Banner because of police brutality only. He knelt during the Star Spangled Banner because he hated the country. He hated the country. He thought the United States was a very bad, evil, no good, very bad place. He, he, he said this more than once. It was not because of police brutality. He said police brutality is just a part of United States being an evil, no good, very bad place. That, it, it, that's what it was. But you should hear all these people, all these people who are supposed to be so woke, so woke, sitting back and giving Drew Brees crap. Almost every football player in the league did it. Let's. I'll just take one because this was off of some football player. I don't know who it was. This was supposedly a friend from Drew Brees. Apparently, he doesn't need friends like this. Let's listen to this guy get all choked up and start cussing at him. Our communities are under siege, and we need help. And what you're telling us is, don't ask for help that way. Ask for a different way. I can't listen to it when you ask that way. We're done asking, Drew. And people who... who share your sentiments, who express those and push them throughout the world, the airways, are the problem. And it's unfortunate because I considered you a friend. I looked up to you. You're somebody who I had a great deal of respect for. But sometimes you should shut the fuck up. Now, I want you to catch one thing. Drew Brees didn't say any of that. All the whole what this football player got in the beginning of this of his statement, Drew Brees didn't say any of that. He just said, you shouldn't kneel for the flag during the national anthem. That's what he said. That's it. I wouldn't do it. I've got reasons. These are my reasons. He didn't say anything that, he didn't say that beating on, on black people was a good thing. He didn't say police brutality was a good thing. He never said anything like that. But the message here is, shut the F up. That's the message. If he had said, wow, you know, Colin Cambert, Nick is a god, and the country is screwed up, and we should kneel for the... If he had said any of that, 
that would have been okay. But that was not the worst statement. The worst statement came from Shannon Sharp on his show on ESPN. And I used to like Shannon Sharp. Now I, I, I think he's disgusting too. Listen to this. And Drew Brees still doesn't seem to get it. Now he issued apologies, Skip, but it's meaningless because the guys know that he spoke his heart the very first time around. Correct. Now I don't know if I, I don't know what Drew's going to do, but he probably should just go ahead and retire now. He it will never be the same. Take it from a guy that's been a leader in a locker room for a number of years. At every step, Skip, I've been the leader in the locker room. What he said, they go like, oh yeah, you know, no, they will never look at him the same. Because he spoke his heart and skipped the, and what he said, it wasn't what he said, it's how he said it. He was defiant. I will never respect a man. Even after all this, nobody had even mentioned the flag. He brought that up on his own. Drew, I don't know what you was thinking. I don't know what you hope to accomplish. But whatever you hope to accomplish, it failed miserably. What in the living F is he talking about? What attitude? He spoke from the heart. What? He emphasized it. He was militant again. What? He just said, I, I'm not going to kneel for the flag. I don't believe in it. That's it. You know what he did? He spoke his opinion. His opinion went against Black Lives Matter. His opinion went against the left. And, of course, there's the cancel culture. He might as well just retire. You know what? He shouldn't retire. He's one of the best quarterbacks that's ever lived. He shouldn't retire. Shannon Sharp and ESPN should be embarrassed by that. It's disgusting. So, in other words, here, here's something wild and crazy, Shannon. Revenue for the NFL went down almost 30%, 40%. People were not watching your games while that idiot Kaepernick was kneeling for the national anthem. And Kaepernick was on the bench at the time. Kaepernick was trying to raise his value. Kaepernick was not a worthwhile quarterback to worry about. That's why San Francisco cut him. That's why no one wants him. Because they like, oh, he's not worth the trouble. He's not that great a quarterback. He's a crappy quarterback. Everyone keeps saying, well, he had 15 in his last year. He had 15 touchdowns and only two interceptions. Yeah, he had eight fumbles too. Everyone seemed to have forgotten that. The guy had 15 touchdowns and 10 turnovers. And his passer rating was 50%. That is not a great quarterback. Oh, by the way, you notice what I just handed you? Facts. This is why Colin Kaepernick is not worth it in the NFL. No NFL owner. Not because he's black and he's, he's standing for a cause. It's because most people who watch the NFL do not like his protests. They don't belong there. They lost revenue because of Colin Kaepernick and because he, quite frankly, sucked as a quarterback. He sucked. I keep hearing, oh, he got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he got killed in the Super Bowl. Congrats. He had a, a he had maybe a four or five game streak that was really good, and then he became crap after. This is it. This is why we can't normalize this. And Drew Brees made a huge mistake. Drew Brees made a huge mistake. He apologized. And I know why he did. He apologized because the communications director for the New Orleans Saints called Drew and said, hey, you've got to apologize. You, you can't say that. Why he's apologizing for it? Is that going to change anything? 
Probably not. Drew Brees is probably never going to kneel for the flag. No matter how many people next to him decide to kneel for the flag, which is illegal now in the NFL. He's never going to kneel for the flag. So what exactly is he apologizing for? By the way, I would like to hear Black Lives Matter apologize to me for saying that the United States is systemically and institutionally racist. Because it's not. I want Black Lives Matter to apologize to me for calling me a racist simply because I'm a white guy. Likewise, I want all transgenders and, and, and militant homosexuals. Mind you, militant. Because I know a lot of homosexuals, we just don't have that kind of problem. But sit there and say, well, you're a bad person because you're straight and you, you, I don't know, put me down or whatever, which I've never done. I want you to apologize to me. I want environmentalists to apologize to me because I drive a car. And I think they're wrong. Why do we need to apologize to these people? Their ideas are insane. They use revisionist history from idiots like Howard Zinn to sit back and say, oh, the United States is a terrible, horrible place. I would say, go to Europe. Go to Africa. Go to South America. Go live in Venezuela. Go live in Russia. Live in another country. And live there for a long time. You'll be welcome back. You're an American citizen. You'll be welcome back. Go live in Mexico. See what it's like someplace else. And don't go to Mexico with your... Uh, Colin, don't go to Mexico with your... $150 million you have in the bank because we're so systemically racist. Go over there with a couple thousand dollars and live and see what it's like. Live on the streets. Don't live in a freaking four-star, four-seasons hotel. And you tell me what that country's like. Best country in the world. Drew Brees had it right. Ah. I get so burned with this stuff. I probably shouldn't, but I do. So, um, let's, let's conclude it. I'm already 45 minutes in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, uh, Podbean, and YouTube. Apparently, my podcast is easily discoverable on YouTube because people are uh, messaging me about it. So that's awesome. Um, uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I will have the links. I will have videos. The audio will be there too. Uh, this podcast is going to be a little bit later because I haven't inserted the video yet and I haven't actually finished writing it yet. So um, this might be available tomorrow. This is Gene, and what we're going to do now is let's play a little bit of the theme song that we should be playing. People like me, people like you, we should be playing. This, this is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass the Talking Paul. Playback! <laughs> Oh!
Don't worry, be happy for the number one 